0: What's going on from Playa del Carmen, Mexico? We are here with another episode of the Circle Up podcast, and I'm excited to share with you um, one of the most enthusiastic, high-energy, and visionary guests that we've ever had on the show. I think if there's one thing that's clear to me about the progress we're making together is that the quality of our guests, the ambition of... The conversations that we're having on this show uh, continue to grow. And so thanks for joining us on this journey. This episode um, covers a lot of ground around men's mental health, around youth mental health, around mental health in the Middle East, because uh, in this episode we interview Ali Salama, who is... Um, you know, someone I've taken the opportunity to get to know better in 2020. He's someone that's been, um, you know, a friend to me, someone that's been a mentor to me, someone that's really been impactful for the way that I look at the world, specifically around painting a vision, dreaming big, and then going for it. And uh, you really inspire me, Ali. So thanks for being on the show. For those of you uh, who don't know who Ali is, he's going to talk about himself a little bit at the beginning, but I'll just share that Ali is the founder of Empower Mag, which is the first mental health magazine in the Middle East, um, and in 2019, won Harvard's top seven most impactful social initiatives. Um, Right now, uh, Ali's been working on Empower and a multitude of other projects that impact mental health. I think... The one thing that I've seen explode in my experience of knowing Ali is his social media following. Um, you know, when I first started following him, I think he was at eight thousand followers, and then less than a year later, he's at forty thousand plus followers. And it just is a testament. Uh, the number in of itself doesn't mean anything, but it's a testament to the fact that he has a reach, and because his message is so empowering, hence the name Empower. Um, I'm really proud to be able to continue to share his voice. And uh, I'm really proud that Ali, you're working so hard to uh, make a big impact in the world, to grow your followership so that more ears and more eyes can be on what you do because what you do is making a huge difference. Please enjoy this episode with my friend and brother, Ali Salama.
1: I've run out of business and some people depend on what, some people live on month to month, right?
0: Yeah. Curb no isn't
1: gonna like, I, I get it. Curb did an amazing job, and like, whatever, people got $12,000 by the government. But like, some people, some people have card debt, some people have like mortgage, some people have, you know what I mean? That isn't just gonna cut it off for like the six months. So, I think that what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with the human psychology around fear and scarcity that is gonna freak out more than just the virus's effect. So, that's just my my thought here, and I think that. Especially with the winter coming, and especially with the lack of social, um, uh, you know, interactions, uh, we need to like fucking step up here. And uh, and I think that, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm optimistic. But I also think that this is going to be a price that will um th- that will that will that will cost us more than just uh, twelve months of recovery. I think when you have to think about what what people have adapted, people have become germaphobes now. People have, people have developed different behaviors that typically we don't have. And, and to reverse this, this takes time, man. This takes absolute time. And, yeah, I just – yeah, yeah. That's that's just my five cents. Oh. Anyway.
0: Well, Alan, Alan Watts in a lot of his philosophy talks about what you see in the outside world is just a reflection of what's happening inside of your head. And so over the course of the last six, seven months when COVID started, like it's dramatically impacted the way people have thought about the world, about the, their lives, about themselves, about the people around them. And so the things that they now see out in front of them is dangerously different than it was before and it will take like you said a long time to be able to uh, put people in a position to have some peace of mind again yeah. and to feel confident about uh, being able to go to work being able to hang out with friends be in the grocery stores and hopefully we can tackle some of those ideas on this show about how to take care of yourself so you can go back into the world and take out take check out other people like uh, what you're doing so uh, if you're if you're open to jumping in i'm ready to go
1: Bro, I'm I'm ready. I just uh I just had those things that I wanted to clear with you before. You know, I, appreciate uh, it. I think I think I think I'm ready to go. I'm, ready.
0: I'm glad I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad your mom is here for your birthday. Happy belated birthday, man! Thank and you so much,
1: man. I appreciate it.
0: Couldn't be more excited to to have you on here. Um, I think the best place for us to start off would be with a check-in. We do a check-in on every show. We do it like this, uh, just your name, so who you are, where you're checking in at on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being uh, the best, 10 out of 10. And the check-in question for this show is, what is your guilty pleasure? Something you indulge in maybe is not the best for you, but uh, you know it's part of your self-care routine or something that you just absolutely can't live without. So name yeah. 1 to 10 guilty pleasure I'll let you start
1: Sure uh my name is Ali Ali Salama and uh uh I'd say today I'm a solid 8 I I believe so and feel much much uh, much more uh, much more uh, alive than, than than usual I think it's because of this what we we're talking about before the show John and I think it's a, it's just the self-awareness and self-care that I've been intentionally doing um guilty pleasure Ooh, that's uh you're taking me sideways here <laughs> uh guilty pleasure um sometimes i'd say shisha and I, I, i'm definitely stopping i'm not definitely like not gonna be smoking but i think that uh i just uh <laughs> it's a thing that it's you do time, with your, yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a cultural thing that's when put you get out. the
0: boys together when you get the amigos together
1: exactly exactly and it just reminds me of like because me my mom and my dad and my, my my brother they they smoke and I don't and it's it just reminds me of home and so I I, I make sure to not really indulge but it does feel so freaking great because you know some sentiments don't come back until you just like do something that truly messes you up
0: <laughs> well the cool thing with chisha is like it's it's a, a very um tactile experience you smell it you taste it you see it you're with the people there's probably music you got like your your sugar tea or you know your chai tea with it so you yeah. all of your senses are indulging simultaneously but i'm glad it brings you back home
1: yeah it's like a it's like well people don't really re- realize it's like uh it's like a beer here you know some people say hey let's go for do you, you want to go for uh, you know a glass of wine or or, or do you want to go for, for a beer and people just over there would be like hey do you want to do you, you want to go for shisha or do you want to smoke or whatever the hell like they're they're from whatever however they use their language because the middle east or the Arab world's so big you have to understand that like, yeah so so many different words are used but yeah i, I think that it's a uh, culture is very interesting but but Let's hop into the meaty, uh, meaty, nitty-gritty of the show. And first of all, Jonathan, I want to say thank you for having me because you know I I don't really say this, but I am a I don't say this enough. I, I am a big fan of what you are doing with with men's mental health. I, I only see very select few people doing this type of work, and seriously, I think that this conversation needs to be um, a lot more spoken of. So thank you for having me.
0: Totally, man. I appreciate it and look forward to uh, the episode. I gave the audience a brief introduction of who you are prior to us starting. Um, so they get an idea of you know who we're dealing with here and I believe we've got their attention now. So I'll check in. We'll jump in. It's Andrews. I'm checking in at a 10 and uh, my guilty pleasure is definitely dark chocolate. I have, uh, I had uh, you can get three for 10 lint at uh, the supermarket near my house. And I had three and they're gone. And it was like a couple days ago. And so I just keep, I can't help myself around a little bit of dark chocolate and it, it's got a little caffeine in it. So I'm feeling good and I'm ready. 70%, to... 75, 80,
1: 90. Yeah, us-
0: usually the 85 is my go-to.
1: All right. Yeah. I love those. Love those. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. If you can, if you can, it's an acquired taste. If you can like slowly move yourself up where they remove some of the dairy products, they remove some of the sugar and uh, you just get that pure cacao. It's a fun time.
1: Yeah, not there yet, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan kind of like the 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 lint uh, the lint archer. I, I I'm still at 70, so take it easy on me. <laughs> okay,
0: man. Um, let's let's talk about Speaker Slam because I found out so much about you that I had never known until I watched that speech that you delivered at Speaker Slam. If you can place us, maybe you know, place the audience where you were at 15 years old. Um, you know, you looked at the ground, the color changed on the ground, and you were shocked. What happened to you in that situation? Because when I saw that, I was totally blown away. I had no idea this happened to you.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah, when I was definitely um, so when I was 15, I, I was in. Uh, I was. I think I'm. That experience changed my life, and I think that. Uh, so I got stabbed, and it was over. This uh, girl I really liked, and it wasn't, you know, because of. Uh, it wasn't an intentional incident. It was just a. Uh, a thing that happened then that I wasn't aware of, um, uh, of it taking place. It was just after the Egyptian revolution in Egypt. So there's no security in the street. It was just somewhere. I usually go back to Egypt quite often. But when when that happened, I think that I was uh, I was, a, I was very, very, very shocked. And I think that, you know, usually just like anybody that goes through a, a That is placed in a traumatic experience, whether you just received news that a loved one has, you know, has has, has passed, or 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 you just received news that just terrible things. Whenever they happen, you're instantly like, you doubt, you doubt, you doubt reality for a second. You just, and I think it's this was one of those moments where I just, you know, I I saw a pool of blood. Just was it was very gruesome. And I realized like, then and there that uh, I was just grateful to be alive. And um, it, uh, it definitely did teach me a big, big, big lesson that I hope, uh, you know, uh, that the, 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 the life really isn't, isn't to be taken for granted. And it's very important, especially in these times, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that you shared in that speech was um, having the scar of being stabbed and having a conversation that you said changed your life where your mom said to you, Hey, you know, we can, we can get surgery. We can take care of this. We can patch it up. We can, we could heal you and make it feel better. And I think it speaks volume to what likely the Middle East's uh, mental health culture was like, and also how you thought about yourself as a man, someone who was supposed to be masculine, someone who was supposed to be strong and tough. What did you say to your mom when she said, Hey, we can take care of you.
1: Yeah, I th- like till today, like the scar is on my back. I don't think that I would ever wanna, you know, uh, have surgery over something that I. Uh, whenever I see, I I I I sense a very deep sense of pride, and I think that, um, you know, some people are ashamed of, uh, of of stuff that, in hindsight, truly develops and, and builds their character, and I think that. It's a perception that uh, that we need to, you know, speak more of, and that's why I say I'm really a big fan of the work you do with men's mental health, because I think that whenever we have the audacity and the and the guts and the and the balls and the courage and everything that you want to think about when you come to think of, you know, bravery, um, we have to think of uh, what has made us uh, what has made us the tough. Uh, Men that, that that we that we are, and I think that embracing and opening up uh, feelings and, and things that are are usually you know hidden under the surface or are usually you know uh, brushed off, you know, whether it be through surgery, through makeup through whatever whatever it is, whatever it is. I think that when we have the the courage to to look at things for what they truly mean. Uh, we can see way beyond the surface, and that, you know, can can develop uh, immense immense progress in one's mindset, and it could truly uh, change someone's life. And in my sense, it did change my life, and I became, uh, you know, a very very driven person from them from then onwards. And it it showed in a couple of things that I went on to 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 do to do. And I'm very you know proud that I was at, at a young age able to. To, to, to not only just you know get over this but like I, ho- I hope in everything I do I could help anybody and it's not just uh, for the for the for the for the purposes of saying I I I or me 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 it's more so for we 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 because the more that uh, someone could learn from something like that something anything whatever it is the more that that that, that young boys will have role models that that'll enable them to be the best that they can be at a very young age and all the stuff around the, you know, the patriarchy, all these things that we now hear and listen and don't really agree upon and, and adhere to as young, you know, men that, that are highly empathetic. These are the, this is the way to move forward with those, with those topics.
0: One of the, one of the things I heard you say is how important it is to share our personal stories. And I'm wondering how much of an influence I uh, was, doing a little bit of background and you'd mentioned one of your mentors, one of the men that you respected was Dr. Nasir Loza, I believe. Am I saying that correctly?
1: No, sir. Not
0: Nasir, No, sir. Yeah. No, sir. And uh, I believe he connected you with uh, WHO, which is the World Health Organization, and you've been featured by them. You were uh, Empower Mag was one of the top seven most impactful social initiatives by Harvard. And so I'm wondering this mental health journey you went on, how much of that had to do with finally getting to a place in your life where you felt comfortable sharing stories of vulnerability, stories of trauma, stories of basically what Gary V talks about is your battle scars yeah, and actually being able to go in the world and actually talking about them.
1: I think this is, it's all been around sharing this story and it's, uh, you know, it's one thing to share a story and it's one thing to empower when you share a story you know it's some people just speak words and other people uh, you know believe their words and you feel them because they want to uh, show you that there is hope you know and I think that when you when you share your story there's some there's a lot of owning yourself in doing it there's a lot of power in doing it so it's it's not a an act to put a check mark on it and then I'm done I shared my story where's my power you're you know you're, you're you're fooling me and all this stuff no it's it's not about that I'm not trying to sell sell yourself you know sure here I'm trying to really say that when you share something that comes from a very deep place um, you feel different you feel like this no longer haunts you you, you don't ever fear um, any thought that comes to your mind and in a way you you not only allow yourself and give permission for your scars or for your trauma to 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 be acknowledged because when you acknowledge that you no longer fear its existence of coming in your head like oh i thought of suicide oh this needs to come out of my head you no longer have this anxiety you're okay with it and you know what if you get this whenever you do because you know some things just don't go away uh, for for a long period of time until you're comfortable yourself that storytelling and that skill set is what truly allows you to be more comfortable with yourself. And that aura is, is, is emitted. And, and this is what captivates people. People love seeing themselves and other people. And, and, and the moment you think you're special is the moment you truly uh, realize that when people walk up to you after you just share whatever it is, you realize that we're all the same at our root core. We all struggle, we all suffer. It's just not all of us feel comfortable being ourselves because of this this, the shame that comes around being perfect and I don't think that you know this this idea of perfection uh, can can be maintained or can last long you know after what we're seeing and after the, the times we're living through these these times are very different
0: than before. A lot of things come to mind, I think, when you talked about you know that shame and that feeling of needing to be perfect, I was reading an article on Empower Meg, and it talked about stigma specifically in the Middle East. And so I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in the Middle East. What do mental health conversations sound like in the Middle East? How much stigma is there? I read that it, you know, in that article, it comes from a Greek word, stigma which basically means like these are the people who you don't want to associate with, or these are the people who you should try to avoid. Um, What is, what does that mental health conversation sound like growing up in Egypt, growing up in the Middle East? And uh, yeah, you know, why, why has that mental health conversation become so important to you?
1: Yeah, dude, I think, uh, I think I didn't mention, but it's very important to say that, um, you know, I came to Canada when I was uh, 17 and uh, I did, i was clinically diagnosed when i was around you know 17 uh, no 19 sorry i was clinically diagnosed when i was like i couldn't really really adjust here and, and to be honest you learn that you know it's not about adjusting it's about letting things go in a manner and adapting it's not really adjusting because the, the people are the same around me. the the house that i live is in the same but when you come to think of I went through what I went through here there has to the, the transformation that I went through was in my mind I come to realize that you know the crazy quote-unquote person that I would have been called upon once upon a time which is the stigma or the, the, the associations that we have back home and, and I realized that if I wasn't truly here in an environment that was supportive in an environment where I could actually heal then 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 that wouldn't have been possible you wouldn't have been talking to the ally you're talking to today so i, I put myself in a you know in a in, in, in a point in a place where people were still back home were still in the middle of an environment that wasn't supportive and i asked myself well how different would your life have been and that's when i realized that holy crap maybe this is why i'm here and maybe this is why this all happened maybe this is why i need to talk and maybe this is why sometimes i don't think that well, what i've done is enough and i think that like uh, you know i need to speak in a different manner, I need to reach people differently. If you realize on Instagram now, I post Arabic. I never really used to post Arabic. I realized that people, you know, don't need to hear me talk in English. And, and, and even though I'm a great, you know, communicator in English, maybe I need to become a great Arabic communicator, and that needs time. So my point here is saying that I have just started this journey because I realized how privileged I was. I realized that that in the Middle East, I would have been blacklisted, just like when I spoke at the World Health Organization. People didn't know that, like the the ninety Arab journalists that were the top journalists in the Middle East and North Africa region that were there in a World Health Organization workshop, where I was invited to simply change the change change the perception of mental health reporting in the way that they report mental health incidences, and the World Health Organization brought me in to sort of. Uh, be a -A -A. not not a moderator but as a guest and they didn't say why they brought me in as a guest until the last day when I was hanging out with all those reporters and having you know dinner lunch with them and joking and you know shooting the shit grasping their banter and there I was the last day I stood up and said well this is my story and everybody just jaw dropped like holy crap you're someone that could have been someone we just wrote about but we could you could marry our daughters you know you could have been you know you could have been one and that's when they realized that this is when I realized my true purpose my true purpose was to make sure that you know anyone that was ever blacklisted can have a second chance at life because I think that the privilege that I have by being in Canada it shouldn't shouldn't just be mine it should be a lot of other people but ignorance uh, sometimes doesn't allow that to happen
0: yeah thanks for sharing that story that's really powerful. Them seeing you, right, they're hanging out with you for a weekend conference, um, laughing, joking, hanging out, you're well adjusted, you're confident, um, you care about making a difference in the world, and then all of a sudden, they hear all the background story of, hey, I'm, I'm someone that you would write about. I'm someone that would been diagnosed with a mental illness, and I still... Um, I'm taking ownership of my life. And I've found the techniques and tools and strategies that I can use to be able to thrive with my mental health regardless. And uh, I can, I can go out and kick ass in the world. And so that's a hugely inspiring story. A lot of people listening who uh, may have been diagnosed with a mental illness in the past who are men struggling with their mental health, whether it's because they're lonely or their financial livelihood has been impacted by COVID or for whatever reason they've experienced trauma like you and I both have in our lives and are now in a place where they're in the basement um, and they don't know who to reach out to, who to call to. It's really, really valuable to have stories like yours. Um, Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate you sharing.
1: And I must say that, you know, in the midst of all this, you know, I just want to say one thing before we move on to our next point is that always 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 go back to basics whenever things are so rough because no matter how like high you know even sharing the story doing this amazing thing and i'm sure we both you know have done everyone listening has done something really that they're proud of but things have to sometimes when you take them to yourself, you have to go back to basics and whatever that baseline is for you. You know, when everything is canceled out, I I tell myself this as I'm saying it out loud, because this is what I've been actively doing. And I know as we go into the next segment, we're going to talk more about, you know, uh, how can we truly uh, manage, manage our well-being in this given situation?
0: Yeah, let's, let's dive further into it. And let's just say, would you be open to sharing when you really were at your lowest? and what that yeah. looked like for you what it sounded like what it felt like where were you who was around you
1: yeah 100% i i was in this room actually um and i just seriously couldn't uh couldn't see tomorrow i couldn't see i couldn't see tomorrow i actually had to lock all the, the windows here and uh i was uh, i was i was scared of jumping to be honest i'm not going to lie i was scared of jumping i was scared of uh, doing something uh you know that at the time i felt that would would have been you know stupid uh because i wasn't uh i was when whoever thinks of things that they never think of before they start to fear themselves right so whenever you fear yourself you realize that you've kind of lost a little bit of control over your mind and 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 when you when that starts to happen you start to take precautions as if you know you're battling some sort of war or some sort of enemy and the enemy is the,
0: and
1: the in yourself or the enemy is is a part of you so that was definitely something that i never shared before and uh and i feel like you know that coupled with hearing some noises you know being super paranoid uh feeling so low like not being able to know what time of day it was and very minimal self-care like not being able to go shower do the minimal things you know let alone reply on texts or you know call at at that time I was only speaking to my mother but even that minute or two seems like an
0: insurmountable
1: yeah it was hard it was definitely hard and I that's that's what pushes me to do what I do you know, it's not definitely a, a, a Cinderella story, and I don't think it, it ever will, but it's an important story, and it's not my story, it's everyone's story, right? And I think that um, I truly didn't even think that this was possible, Jonathan, to feel this low. I mean, I was an athlete, I still am, and uh, you know, I used to make fun of people that, you know you know, felt like that, and I would see this as weakness and until it happened to me. I seriously, seriously, seriously start to think that the most, and the people that get over what they get through are the strongest people in the world. And I seriously started to see Michael Phelps as a different person after, you know, seeing all his work and mental health and starting to see, you know, a lot of what Gary, you know, he says, you know, just not being too happy, not being too sad, just no matter how far you go in life, just having this you know i'm okay that uh, this 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 equilibrium because this is when you have the most uh, emotional control uh, and i think that this is something that i've come to learn over the time but going back to again that point the only thing that i i wanted to mention was um, that during that time i i i wish i i um i, I wish i sought help uh, i i sought help earlier because I was still thinking about what other people would think of, even though I knew I needed it, but I still couldn't get over the um, the, the 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 reputation and all these things that people were gonna say. And, and to be honest, if I really look back, like who are the people that were gonna, th- you know, uh, wh- how much of an impact would that have mattered now, four years later? Zero. I was not putting things right together and uh if anyone hearing that you know needed to hear that i hope that you know if 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 there is a time please uh, please please understand that you are you come first and uh, whoever is important will, will will always be your, your number one supporter and whoever isn't uh you know doesn't deserve uh the, the most beautiful or, or the best you because uh, that's just the way life is
0: there's so much wisdom in what you shared there, man. So first of all, thank you for being vulnerable for our audience. And one of, the, one of the behaviors we try to advocate for at Jack.org, which you are also a collaborator with and an advocate for, and I admire the work that you've done with them, is help-seeking behavior. Is when you're struggling, when you're in crisis, That is the time where you need to know who are the people that you can reach out to or who are the people that you feel comfortable reaching out to. Because in a crisis situation, it was as you described, you don't feel a sense of control. Things do not become uh, rational and practical anymore. They become very irrational and you lose that sense of control. And so knowing that you already have these outlets to reach out to when you need it is so important. Like help seeking behavior is one of the, the major pillars to what we do at Jack.org and helping people be there for each other and be there for themselves. And so I appreciate you sharing how that was important to you. Um, it like, and, and, and pointing out how important it is that you and I being people that have been in the mental health industry for years, and when we struggle, we still struggle with reaching out for help and we still struggle with talking about it, that I can see how challenging um, and how stigmatizing it could feel to be someone that isn't in these industries and is struggling and not knowing what to do.
1: Yeah. And especially in personal relationships, right? When you come to think of traditionally, maybe here in the West, it's different, but no, I, I, I still refuse to believe that it's very different because the, the patriarch, you know, the, 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 what a man is defined as and you know sometimes uh, maybe in traditional uh, uh, eastern cultures it's much more dominant uh that, that 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 notion and thought that you know you have to be super strong as a man and you know when you're with a woman you know, she she, she de- you know emotionally depends on you know all the bullshit stuff that actually like doesn't really uh, doesn't really equate to being what to, to being or, or to being close to what a man really is and the idea of masculinity is truly truly fragmented in that notion of thought so in that in in that essence I want to also you know display that that when when men really have that capacity to 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 express in a manner that empowers them women actually feel safer because she's able to 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 the woman at least in my life actually let me speak about myself the woman in my life have felt very safe to speaking to me about you know incidents of abuse rape uh, so many different things and when I come to think about you know why me like people I have never encountered before on Instagram and so many different you know outlets when I come to ask well why why what have I done to sort of elicit this energy because there has to be some sort of uh, you know, uh, response or, or, or yeah, something yeah. to have attracted that. When I, when I I started to ask some people, and the only thing that, had, that has caused that difference and that sense of security, which sort of goes back to what men really like. Men really like to feel that whenever they're with someone, uh, that someone is secure with them. Well, that security comes when you're vulnerable and open. So it's a, it's a very double-edged sword that just needs a little bit of, you know fine tuning and and i think that once we get that right and understand that you know feeling deeply is is such a beautiful thing only when we when when we truly know the the, the strength of harnessing the power of emotions and the power of 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 expression
0: that's exactly to the letter what circle up is about and uh, in your speech when you were talking at the we were talking about that speech at the very beginning you talked about toughening up as almost like a a persistent theme throughout and like that was something that you carried with you is like my identity as a man is someone that needs to toughen up and that's almost synonymous exactly with what we talk about in circle up which is don't man up circle up Right. Mm -hmm. When you feel like uh, it's really getting challenging, when it's really getting struggling, when you're really in the basement and you don't know what to do, um, go back to the basics. Like you said, start surround yourself with the circle of men that you can lean on, that men that you can open up to vulnerably share what's happening in your life, and those men actually give a fuck. Yeah. And they're invested in your growth. They're invested in you doing well and uh, getting back on your feet, so you can go back out and be a leader in your community. Like that's the whole point if you If you toughen up and bottle it all up, um it's like a pressure cooker,
1: yeah, and you don't last, you know, and I think that you know whether whoever is listening to it you you don't want to just have uh, two, three great years uh, you know recovering, you want to have a life full of greatness, and that life depends on the quality of your relationships and 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 the most beautiful thing is that's always 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 available to you like that is that is a decision. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, that decision isn't, um, isn't so far away. It's, it, it starts by today and it starts by a message. Hey, how are you? I'm just, well, I just want to ask about, you know, how you're feeling and how you're doing. And it suddenly becomes a reciprocal thing and suddenly, hey, do you want to just hang out tomorrow for a beer or for for coffee or something and then before you know it you realize that you both you know have had something that was going on in the past month or and you bond and then you know life happens and that's how you start to develop a meaningful relationship it's it's when you truly look beyond a a a human being and i think that what you what you guys are doing circle up is great and uh, i think that should seriously be a fundamental uh a fundamental core educational uh lesson in, in in whether it's uh at high school or at elementary school. I just think that these things right now, with the statistics that are that are going on in the world, with uh, you know depression being the leading cause of disability in the world, and with with all that the world is going to see in the aftermath of uh, the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, it is just only going to be much more needed. And uh, and and I hope that we can you know help in, in any way.
0: Uh, speaking of helping, any, any way, I got two kind of directions that I want to take this kind of this last section here. Uh, one is to talk about on the other side of this experience that you had, how do you build yourself back up after, after that? Like, how what are you mentioned that go back to the fundamentals? So I want to find out a what are those fundamentals for you? And then the other side, I want to talk about your friend Lisa um, because your friend Lisa reminds me of what we do at Circle Up, which is we we take care of each other, we're there to support each other. And and I was reading your Instagram, uh, getting to know you a little bit better, and she sounds like someone that really is an exemplary example of how to be there for someone. So I want to talk about both those ideas. Um, And I also want to talk about what we're not going to talk about on this show, just because you know, for the sake of, you're an expert when it comes to marketing. You're an Mm -hmm. expert when it comes to communication, strategy, brand building, and you started a podcast called "The Art of Podcasting" with Microsoft. So, if you as a uh, as a partner there, so if you're interested in in speaking or listening to Ali's work on um, marketing, branding, podcasting, uh, it won't be on the show. So go check out his podcast, "Art of Podcasting," and. um, if you want to say anything about that really briefly go ahead and then i'd love yeah, to i
1: think that like there. one of this one of the side projects i love doing is is sharing you know uh sharing a little bit of my strengths with 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 with, with whoever i can and i think so the art of podcasting is a, is a is a two to three month project i'm running with microsoft and it's a it's it's podcasting one-on-one for those that want to build their personal brands understand the power of podcasting, you know, just as what Jonathan is doing here, he's building a great community with circle up. Um, and I think that everyone has the potential to use their voice, whether they are a professional, whether they are a, an advocate of something, whether they are a family. Heck, you can have a podcast for your family and just sure. share great things. But, you know what I
0: mean? Like Yeah, it, get to know your parents a little bit better. When 100%. it was last time you had a really deep conversation, ask them about what it was like in the fifties or what it was like in the sixties. <laughs> right there's there
1: is no way there is no way of doing uh or there's no way of podcasting but i truly believe that it is a great community building exercise so we'll leave that there i actually have empathy always wins which i really want you to be on uh later on, uh, on the show uh, johnson this is the sure. exclusive you know uh, youth leadership and and and, and uh and a and, and, uh, uh, leadership podcast on community building and empathy. And I, I truly believe that the next generation of the strongest leaders in the world will be the ones who will deploy empathetic leadership to the T. And this is something that is not, uh, we aren't born with it. I think when you do your exercises with your community and circle, up, you will develop empathetic skills. You will learn how to be uh, empathetic and see other people's uh, world vision uh, by just listening, active listening. There's so many things that make someone uh, a much more effective leader, and uh, these are the types of leaders this world needs now. So, empathy always wins is is definitely a, a show for, for 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 those that want to link mental health with with leadership, but um if we're going to go to the point and discuss um you know how do you go back to the foundations and and what does that look like for me um you know this summer was a very tough summer and uh, I speak of course uh, I I speak of myself and and I realized that I haven't felt that low in since being diagnosed for sure for sure for sure I, I take regular breaks off of social media. I got into this vicious circle of smoking cigars every day. I got into, and I'm an athlete, so like I, 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 I usually, instead of indulging in temporary or instant gra, instantly gratifying things, I would yeah, spend, an an hour or, spend an hour or two at the gym and get better. Uh, or, or get well let's just put it that way and feel much more fulfilled so when I realized that I'm slipping and I'm you know I'm, I'm slipping on those things that was when I uh, realized uh, well how does it what does it mean to go back to basics so if you're if you're slipping on things that you don't usually slip you know on and you're also feeling that hey I just need a you know take a checkpoint here and then and just check my check, check on myself and and see am I really fulfilled with, with what I'm doing here and, and how I'm living my day-to-day that's that's what I did a couple of weeks ago and I realized that okay well what what makes me happy what makes I remember a time where I felt very 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 confident and very fulfilled what did that feel like what was I doing what was my eating regimen like what was my work schedule like? what was all the what were all these what yeah. was my role- how do I
0: get back to what worked
1: exactly exactly and that for me was uh you know working out uh working out on a consistent basis eating very clean staying away from you know drugs um you know if it was an occasional shisha i'd have a shisha whatever that was but nice. it was just going back to basics it was all about having morning routine having structure in my day and making sure that i had control over things i could control and if i could do that now I just write in my journal that this was a great day, and I, 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 I actively, intentionally think about what I did today, whether it was, you know, whatever that was that I just mentioned, and I make sure that every day is a small win, and I make sure that I record those wins because uh, you, if you intentionally do effort and you do not acknowledge that effort to yourself, uh, you then dive in a deeper spiral. So you have to take yourself by the hand of a baby or a kid walking and you have to you, you know parent yourself there and and be so compassionate with yourself i one thing i don't emphasize when i say all this is that i'm making sure that this is the most important step of the way is understanding that this isn't a linear stage like you will fuck up on days you will uh, let into your desires someday some days you'll you'll drink heavier you'll smoke a bit heavier yeah, but grab the cigar Exactly, you'll grab the cigar on on days, but the most important thing is to be compassionate, understand that you are human, and that makes you so humble whenever you achieve something great down the line, and that's that's why we do what we do
0: there's a lot of a lot of gold in there, and a lot of parallels. I'm not sure if you ever did the jack dot org uh, speaker training, but there's so many parallels in the way that we communicate to students, what is mental health and how to take care of yourself, like one of the big ones is checking in. With yourself, that's why I check in at the beginning of the episode. If you're a, you know, seven six, then we'll we'll talk about that. What's going on with you? And I'm glad you're an eight. I'm glad you took that social media break. You saw your mom. You get to hang out with her, and build just, uh, you know, fill yourself back up. So that that practice of, um, I don't. How do you do that? Is it is it journaling? Is it just like maybe standing in front of the mirror? What's a way that our audience and our listeners who, um, they're not sure how they're doing right now, uh, but it, you know, today would be a good opportunity for them to check in with themselves.
1: Yeah, I I definitely 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 whenever it's it's looking like a five or a four or even a, a six, I definitely take a journal and and write exactly how I feel, and uh, I just write everything. I write why I'm not satisfied with myself. I write what I can change. I write what I can't change, and I write you know well if I could change this and this and this, and then my control, then I'll definitely feel like an eight or a nine, right? And then I say okay, well how am I gonna put a realistic time frame for me to you know get back and. You know, when you when when you choose yourself and when you when you work on yourself, there's no better feeling than that. There's absolutely. And this starts with an intention to do so with a realistic, you know, mindset that you have chosen yourself. It starts from that moment you take the pen and you put that pen onto the paper and you sign it off with your own signature. That's what I do every single night.
0: I love that, man. It, it reminds me of sometimes you don't have this, you don't have a listening ear. Like I don't always have my roommate there where I can word vomit or, or tell them what's going on in my life. Sometimes putting pen to paper is just as valuable. And like, as an example, one of the things, one of my biggest pet peeves, that prevents me from sleeping deeply and soundly is I have a thought like call Allie tomorrow. And I don't write it down. Cause if I don't write it down, it's like, will I even do it? Will I remember? And so by just taking your thoughts And like you're saying, it's how I feel, um, what I can change, what I can't change, just anything that's going on, any thoughts you're having, instead of overthinking them, just put them on paper. And once you see them there, you realize it's not all that serious.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think it's very healthy to see what you're thinking of, no matter how dark or, 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 or shameful it is. I remember... You know, uh, I remember one time I was so ashamed of a thought that I had uh, because I wasn't, you know, someone had opened, came out to me and like at a point in my life where I was seriously needing psychological support and it started to, you know, make me so unsure about my sexuality and I, and I started to be deeply uncomfortable with who I am because I, I, I was I was, you know, when that person confided in me i needed to be able to uh i wasn't i wasn't in a state of mind because when when the way he did it and the way they did it uh uh, made me uh feel like when someone sometimes speaks to you of something very deep and traumatic in their life and not just a not just a normal story you have to know you know, and that's part of our training, right? When you know what you're able to absorb as part of, because there's something called vicarious trauma. And when someone talks about a story that is highly traumatic, you have to be able to understand what you can absorb from that and what you have to draw the line and say, hey, um, I'd actually be extremely uh, I'd find this extremely great if I were to connect you to this resource because that resource would help you, and you don't shut them out. But you can't do what a professional's job could do, and that could actually harm you. So, and I didn't. You're not a professional, that,
0: so it makes sense. Exactly,
1: exactly. And I, and I, at that point, that was that was a very pivotal point in my life. But I also want to say that out loud because I didn't really share that ever. But, but that that affected me at a time where I wasn't hundred percent, you know, myself and had to write those uncomfortable thoughts about me, and my skin. And it wasn't sexuality being that headline. It was just me feeling different because of, uh, tr- because of something that I had to then work on. Plus the work, the inner work that I had to do with other traumas that I had, Do you know what I mean? And I think that it's and so layering
0: important- that on top.
1: Exactly. So it's so important when you are feeling any sense of shame, any sense of any, any, any disturbing thought, no matter how dark it is, don't be scared that someone is going to find it in your house, you know, <laughs> write that down. Cause that made all the, that, that, that sped up every single, uh, every, every single hardship I went through that sped up the recovery process and it, and it, and it, and it helped a lot. So if that really helped, I hope, I hope it did.
0: Yeah. There's two things that, that come out. From that, is uh, the first bit which we were talking about is journaling, writing things down, having conversations about what's happening in our head rather than letting them just echo, like be an echo. Uh, Alan Watts has an analogy, I just want to share it briefly, where he talks about anxiety being like taking a speaker and a microphone and putting them close together, and you get that resonance where it starts to echo. And the closer it gets, it echoes more and more. When we are experiencing anxiety and overthinking, when we don't speak them, into the space with listeners, and we don't put it on paper, it just echoes louder and louder. And the second that you open up, uh, you let the lid off the pressure cooker, the pressure is uh, released. And so I want to encourage everyone, journaling is a phenomenal practice and help-seeking behavior. And so when you have a, a space to be able to share, like Ali and I having a conversation, I remember we had a conversation a couple months ago, we've had many, some about Circle Up, which I appreciate you helping us grow that brand. And then some just about like, hey, you know, I've been smoking too many cigars and I don't want to do that anymore. And uh, like those, those types of conversations stay with me because it, it reminds me that if, hey, if Ali can tell me that's something he wants to work on, then what is it that I've been holding in myself feeling like I couldn't share?
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, it just shows you that sometimes, you know, looking strong on the outside is, 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 a, is perceived differently when we see people on social media or wherever, even in real life don't really know their stories until they uh they truly 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 show us a different version so it's uh i know it's a very cliche thing never judge a book by 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 its cover but uh, it's something that you know we often need a reminder
0: i agree man trite is usually trite for a reason so i like cliche statements uh the last thing i'll finish off here is um you talked about someone sharing something traumatic with you and that being very difficult to hold space for, um, you, you called it, I think it was visceral.
1: Vicarious trauma.
0: Vicarious trauma. And, uh, Jack DeRourke has five golden rules for being there for someone. And one of them is know your role. And so someone that's not a professional and someone that you, you ask yourself, you know, what's my current state of my mental health? Am I healthy enough? Am I, in a position to be able to support this person, or does it make more sense to connect them to professional help, which you should be um, if people are struggling? So I appreciate you bringing that up. And if anyone's interested in how to have a more empowering mental health conversations, I, I highly recommend that you check out Empower Meg. I saw some great stuff on there, and also Jack.org. They've got an amazing website called Be There on how to be there for people. And I want to round off this show with one last story. If you don't mind sharing the story of Lisa, you mentioned um, you know you were just having a, a hard time, and she showed up at your door, and you had a day together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think Lisa is, you know, she's one of the uh, most uh, caring people I've met. And I remember that, uh, you know, my, uh, before a month, actually, no, three weeks before that speech that you mentioned about speaker slam, uh, my granddad passed away. And uh, I, uh, I just sometimes I'm the type of person that doesn't, I haven't felt grief in years. I don't really, you know. Thank God, I haven't had a, a loss. Very, you know, prior to that, don't really have many losses, and uh, that was very. That hit very differently. So I, you know, I, I, I think I just took some space out, and and uh, Lisa showed up at my door with with my favorite Chipotle, uh, you know, takeout, and uh, it just made my day. You know, we just watched. You know Kevin Hart's documentary for the entire day nice. and we did nothing we just she was there she I'd never really had someone there and understanding what being there means because I never you know even when I went through my experiences coming to Canada like years earlier on, no one was there there you know it was a phone call but like being physically there, there's a sense of security that. Um, even me, you know, as someone, I'd say an alpha type man, I I never really thought, never really understood what that means. And that just goes back to what I was telling you about, you know, when I was an athlete and I trained nine times, 10 times a week. And, you know, when I hear the word depressed and all these things were just a sign of weakness. And now I understand what, you know, grief and, and, and what being there means because I needed it. And even though I didn't know I needed it, but until you experience the need of needing, something you start to change and I think it humbles you so that was my experience you know with with Lisa's story because that was a fundamental change in the way I, I I perceive friends and the way I perceive friendship and being there and sometimes you just need to shut up and just show up that's it
0: yeah I, I was about to say like there's very few things that say I care about you than showing up in person yeah it is it's tough to do. It's tough to do that right now. And she did that for you. So that's, that's beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing that story. And for those that are thinking about how do I be there for myself? How do I be there for others? I encourage you to share this podcast and check out uh, empower Meg, check out be there.org with Jack.org. Um, before we close off this show. Uh, one last thing I wanted to share is I feel bad for the, the, the podcast listeners that aren't seeing this on YouTube because they don't get to see how nice both our hair looks um, but uh, uh any any last any last words of wisdom anything that's on your heart that you want to share with our listeners before we tune out um
1: i just want to share that uh you know sometimes we really struggle uh within ourselves because we want some things like right now you want you want we want a financial burden we want a sign, we want the dream right now. We want something to change urgently, and that causes so much stress. Um, something that I always, always think about was, is: what would my life look like if I had everything that I wanted? You know, whether that would have been whatever that was. It was the partner, the security, whatever, whatever way you define security or whatever the way you define peace or happiness. And I like to think about things. I like to reverse engineer things. And, you know, it's a skill called visualization. I think, Jonathan, you know that very well. But it's something that I truly, you know, live and swear by every single day. And uh, I think this changed a lot about, you know, a lot around who I am. And especially today's day and age where I am sure even myself, as I say this, there's a level of anxiety in, within you know, my body and level of unease because of the pandemic. But I deploy this skill every single, every single moment. And whenever I feel like there's an unease, I remember yesterday I was breathing deeply before I sleep. Letting go and, 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 and into the sensation that is your mind and being very, very, very meditative and, and, and going into that thought into that being of having everything you ever desired and feeling the sensations that you would have when you enter that state think about what life will look then because sometimes you just have to be that person to get whatever it is that you want to get And it's not that you need something that you don't have right now because energy does not lie. And that is one thing that, you know, I mastered in terms of from the moment I was very, 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 and I still continue to master. And it's the hardest thing ever when you slip again during the summer and you feel that you've lost, you know, your your, your energy. And the moment you can get back to entering the state, and this is the last thing I want to say, is the moment that you truly will never lose no matter how big of a financial loss, no matter how big of a, a personal loss you lose, uh, whenever you can take yourself back to that state, because everything is reversible as long as uh, you truly uh, can take yourself back to that state of mind. And that is the truest, strongest place that you can ever live from and energize from. And this is your core state. And, uh, this is one thing that I, I highly urge everyone to take a moment and, and digest.
0: That's empowering, man. Yeah, there's a concept called be, do, have, where most people are thinking of, you know, how can I have the things that I want? But instead, if we focus on who we're being yeah. and we start there with being first, like you said, who would I need to be to have everything that I wanted? Then having everything you want will take care of itself.
1: Yeah. If
0: you start with being who you would need to be to have that. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it, Jonathan.
0: Thanks, man. And I'm not surprised about the visualization. I see the old Muhammad Ali in the background who was a huge fan of of that. I'm sure um, he was an inspiration to you and you are an inspiration to me and Thank you're an inspiration you, to all our listeners. And uh, I'm just fired up about what you're doing in the world uh, with an empower mag. Thank you for always being there to support me and circle up. And I look forward to more of these conversations.
1: Appreciate it, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Habibi.